Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 1233, Bob Stoffer in Los Angeles, California. Welcome, everybody. Oilers Now, where guests receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. 9990 Jasper Avenue, the 99th Roos Chris, opening up where else on 9990. Jasper Avenue in Edmonton. Kind of makes sense when you think about it. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. You can tell Brennan and Chris that Oilers now sent you. It's open Wednesday through Sunday. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night of the town, every meal's an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. As we head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, and we are pleased to be joined by the color analyst for the Washington Capitals, uh, in-game analyst on NBC Sports Network. Uh, he's from these parts, uh, uh, grew up in Edmonton, uh, played for the Canadian Athletic Club back in the day, and willed himself to the NHL. Alan May joins us right now. Hi, Alan. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Bob. Good to be with you again. Uh, let me tell you, you're a little bit of an old school guy. There's uh, lots that have gone on that's been a little bit new school in terms of uh, skilling things up and that sort of thing. And Brendan Gallagher got upset last night at Tim Stutzla. Some fans got upset at Tyson Nash. Um, Trevor Zegers got upset at, uh, at how uh, Troy Terry was handled. The first question I want to ask you is, as a former, I mean, you were a fighter when you played. You were... Uh, you know, you, I don't know, would you consider yourself like George LaRock was an enforcer? There was no question about it, but you were a guy that scrapped and willed your way to the NHL. Uh, if you were, if you were fighting a guy back in the day and the guy clearly wasn't going to fight back, would you pummel him or, was there, or was that not, not the way it worked? Because back when you played, basically everybody did defend themselves. Well, it's 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 so hard from what it was, and I can't even remember to tell you in a lot of those instances. But you know, there were times when you had five on fives, where there certainly were guys that didn't want to be uh, getting involved in the fisticuffs, but they put the seatbelt on. But I, I think today, with kind of what happened the other night in that Anaheim uh, Arizona game, it, it, you know, it's such different times because so many players have not grown up with the type of hockey that I grew up with and that I watched before I played junior hockey and pro. And it's a completely different world now. So what used to be and how it used to happen is kind of irrelevant from what today's game is. When you look at, you know, Zegras and all of these guys, they didn't grow up with any of this. And really, junior hockey is a walk in the park compared to what it used to be. Uh, it was pretty damn scary when the other team, you know, or your team or the other team, especially if you're on the road, and all of a sudden there was a three, four, five-goal spread late in the game. There was usually coaches just, you know, sending sending guys out to, to create havoc. And I think in, in today's hockey, what happened the other day in Anaheim, 
it's I can understand why everyone is upset because the game has changed so much. And we, you know, we every season I played, I think I have more fighting majors than the entire Washington Capitals team has right now, and probably by two or three times. So it's a completely different game. So I can understand why so many people are upset. You know, it's funny, Al. I mean, I, I grew up playing against Todd Ewan, God rest his soul. And St. Albert used to just destroy us. Like, they had, you know, Viveros and Carnelli, and, uh, like, it wasn't even close. We used to lose every game, like, 9-1 or 8-2 or something. He was, like, the best player when I was 12 and 14, you know, and Pee Wee and Ben. And I bring him up because he was in New West when you were in New West playing for a coach by the name of Ernie Punch McLean. Like, you know, Jerry Johansson, the, the, the agent, was on that team and had, you know, over 200 minutes of penalties. Uh, Dean Ewan was on that team and you were, uh, my buddy Dan Baker had a cup. In fact, you might have, you might have made Dan Baker expendable as a 20 year old at that time. I mean, it just, and I, and I think of, cause at what point did you actually start doing it as a player? What was it in juniors? Cause what I recall about Todd, it was, he was way better than everybody else. And, you know, obviously he went to junior and that became part of his game. So at what point did the realization come in for you that you were going to have to, you know, Mike Polinchuk, whose son Grayson played at the U of A this year. And, uh, you know, another guy that was a hammer. Where, when did you start having to do it personally? Well, I, and, you know, I started, I, I started doing it my first year of junior when I was 17 years old. I guess I was in 11th grade or whatever it was when I left home to play in Saskatchewan Junior League. And I did it every year, and I think I, I led the team every single season in, in majors and penalty minutes that I played. And it was just kind of always a rambunctious player. Uh, I tried to, you know, back then hitting was such a, a big thing, and coaching really was just putting guys on the ice. There wasn't a whole lot of coaching going on anywhere. It was all about line matchups. But, you know, as we all, you know, you go to the Western Hockey League, back then it was, if you were a big guy, you were basically kind of forced to fight. So I remember playing with Todd, and I remember how great of a player he was. He was a really good hockey player. And and I played on a team with Mark Recchi and Brent Hughes, and, you know, really the guy that we all thought, I thought Todd Ewan would have the best career in the NHL offensively. You know, Mark Recchi was just a skinny little kid back then, and, you know, he ended up having just an absolutely outstanding career. But no one ever expected Reck to go out there and drop the gloves and no one was actually allowed to touch him. Um, so if anyone did anything, there was always, it was just such a, a different type of hockey. So, you know, what happened the other night in Arizona, I, I don't think, I, I'm pretty sure I've never beaten up someone that was defenseless. And, you know, there's certainly, and I remember even uh, feeling bad fighting, I think it was Igor Ulanoff. And if, if I said it correct, it's been so long, but in Winnipeg, and he had picked a fight with me and it was too easy. And I felt bad, and I just kept wondering why the refs were coming in. And it's not like, you you know, I had that feel-bad bone in my body back when I played. So now I just think, you know, especially Jay Beagle, who's only had one fight prior to that, and he was knocked out cold by Aaron Asher. And, and I, just, I just thought it was all bizarre. And, you know, everyone, when you have to explain something too many times, you know it's not right. When you have to explain a camera angle on a hit to why you shouldn't be suspended, you're going to get suspended. So the whole everything has changed so much now. So it's I am all I I just think that uh, that you you just you have to judge the game differently now. And because it was a way when I played, I just don't think I have so many people that say the Oilers need more more guys that drop the gloves and protect McDavid and Drysaddle. But I think it's all about how you, you have to have more will in your game now, and it can't just be about dropping gloves because it's. It's really irrelevant in today's game. 
Well, and that's one of the, you know, we were just at Anaheim. So Terry missed the game against, and they had nothing. Now, in fairness to Dallas Aikens, they traded Lim home. They traded Manson, who's a hard-nosed, tough defensive defenseman. Uh, obviously, they, you know, they, they, they traded, uh, what's his face, uh, to, to Minnesota for a third round pick, uh, Nicholas Delorier, who Delorier. technically, yeah. who's probably, technically, him and Borvietsky might be the two best technical fighters in the game right now. Like, those guys take mixed martial arts and they're really good fighters, but they had no, like, the Oilers could have won that game. Six, like, six or seven. I'll tell you the story off air after about, it's just funny. But they, like, you know, it, it was just one of those nights, like, and I, I, and I feel for Anaheim and I, you know, and a bit for Zegras. Now, I don't know if he talks on the ice. I, I, like, but even then, um, but, you know, I, I think we need to sell and promote the stars personally myself. I mean, I'm on a, I'm covering a team on a nightly basis with McDavid and Drysaddle. You've got, you know, Ovechkin for the last, you know, the privilege of watching him for how many years now and, uh, you know, 17, 18 seasons and, and you've got Kuznetsov. Like, I think we're at a different place where if we're going to go and promote hockey, it is about selling the stars, isn't it, Al? Absolutely. Well, that's, it's completely different. You're, it's always been about your goal scores, your your hundred point guys, and that that's who you market your team around, and you know that's who you ha- you have to protect those players. And you know I don't think Jay Beagle could be suspended for what he did the, in that game, but at the same time, <laughs> because you can't just make up rules every time something happens. But in a situation like that, I also wonder why the referees. I see them break up so many fights now. The linesmen. Uh, before they start, I didn't. I it kind of caught me by surprise that they didn't jump in there, especially because we all know who the players are as a referee. You know who the gunners are, who the goal scorers are, and maybe it, it surprised them. Jay Beagle uh, usually has even amount of penalty minutes every year. Like he's a, it's not an odd number. So there's not many fights. I think the two fights he's had are the only two seasons he had an odd penalty minute number, and uh, you know versus all minors. So. I was just surprised they let it go, and I do. I, the game is about the stars. It's about your awesome goalies. It's about your your, your guys that play like Connor and Leon and Alexander Ovechkin, and you really that's who promotes the game. So that I guess that's not just for Troy Terry. That's a black eye for the game the other night that that happened, and everyone's running with it. We're all talking about it and talking about it. And the game has changed, and you have to change with it. And, you know, I, I don't know what Zegers, you know, he, he was, I don't know what he is doing to the fans, but big deal. Like, it's, I, I love these goals, these lacrosse goals. I love, it, it, I, I can't believe that we haven't had it with the Capitals, with the stick skill of TJ Oshie and Evgeny Kuznetsov. And there are so many other guys that didn't do all this stuff, and it's getting harder and harder to score. So big deal if the guy scored a goal like that. To me, it's just another goal. You know, they, they were they they got kicked pretty good. It was just another goal to me, and uh, it was nothing. So it's just you know, were guys pissed off because they got a minus? I don't know, but <laughs> it, it, uh, it it's just a different game now. I wouldn't be scared playing in a game now. It's five nothing. Worried about what was going to happen with you know, say a guy like Larac and the players like that on the ice. They were they were you know, all of a sudden you'd be thinking, oh, oh this gonna this gonna get ugly. I used to have to play against Dave Brown. And worry about those scenarios and you know all of a sudden the score the score the score changed i go all right deep breath i'm going with dave brown so it's 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 a completely different world now the way the game is played so it's 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 a tough call but i don't think jay could have been suspended for that because the rules aren't there you can't just make them up when you want to we're joined by alan may all right al before we get to the east uh the edmonton oilers 
since Jay Woodcroft has become the head coach. Now, they don't have the best winning percentage, but they are tied for the most wins. With 18 wins, he's had three separate winning streaks of five games plus. Um, the question I asked the listeners, you know, Brian Burke uses the term dead cat bounce. Well, we're 27 games now in. We're not seven or eight games in. We're 27 games in. The Oilers' five-on-five goal share is top eight in the league under Jay Woodcroft. They're not doing it through special teams. And to be frank, and they haven't had a goalie steal a lot of games. Oh, last night Mike Smith did against San Jose. Just, I, I know you watch Edmonton, and you have an affinity, obviously, for the team. Just your thoughts on what's going on right now. Well, I think it's a lot better style of hockey, uh, and because they're they're more aggressive. I think they're valuing, you know, uh, puck battles and, and you know blue line entries, getting the puck out of their own zone, the simplification of their game. And not just depending on two players, even though it seems those are the only two players that, that score tonight because it's just so spectacular. But they're, they're a lot different team right now. And I think, you know, one of the things that w- was driving me crazy about the Oilers earlier this year, and I know it's still going on to uh, uh, some extent, but was the a- absolute mix master of the lines every single game. And I, I think you have to have continuity in your, in your lines, especially your, your top six, your top nine. And everyone has to understand the roles. It looks now like people more understand the roles and what to their value of the team and the team and winning. So, you know, we all want to score goals, but every guy that plays the game wants to score goals. It's just incredible. It's a great feeling. But you've also, it's great to be on a winning team. So you have to figure out what your part, what your role is. Like Zach Cashian, you want him being a crash and bang type of guy. Uh, and, and, you know, if someone does something to McDavid, or you want him to go send a message with a big hit on someone else. And and you just have to understand the role. So I think there's more continuity. I think the addition of Evander Kane has worked out very well. Uh, you know, he's playing in, in a really good brand of hockey right now. Uh, you know, on, on a full season, he'd be a 40-goal scorer with those guys. And he's getting most of his goals from the net. So he's he knows his identity. And I think now that under Woodcroft, you're seeing more players playing to the identity that they should be playing for the team to be successful. Did you talk to one of the greatest players in the history of the game this morning, by chance? <laughs> he no, said I did not. <laughs> he said the same thing to me. You know, Davey Hunter's job was to check. Go check. Dave Semenko's job is to keep guys honest. And, you know, for me and a couple other guys, our job is to score 50 goals. I was like, yeah, well, that's the point. You had, like, more than one guy that could do it. So, well, uh, really, on the, on the teams and the teams that win and go the farthest, those are the teams where you see the role players really stand out and understand. Look at that third line in Tampa. You know, those guys all became super wealthy, you know, by being this incredible third line. They all had to move to different teams. But look at the contract said, you know, uh, Yanni Gord and Blake Coleman signed because they they know their roles and that Berkeley team Dendro. was such, yeah. it was yeah. so yeah was so powerful and what those guys have added they understand the roles and they and they rally their team so you know the Oilers as a finding they've been a salary cap hell and it's going to be probably what two more years before it starts to like shake itself out. But you're seeing guys, and once again, I said this a lot on your show this year, you have to be healthy. You have to have your roster. You have to have your best players healthy. I know with the Capitals, they were getting crushed because they had so many players out with injuries and COVID. And I was watching the Oilers, and I was like, oh, my God, this defense. But now when I watch them, the players are more plugged into the roles. They get guys that they added in the trade that think understand their roles. And, 
you know, you don't want Kulak wasn't brought in for offense. He's just a good, solid defenseman. And, you know, you want, do you always want players to be better or you know, better brand and everyone looks better on other teams? But, you know, it's not like Tyson Berry is supposed to go out there and be your shot blocking guy in the last minute of a period. You need to have other players that understand the rules, like Darnell Nurse playing more of a, um, probably instead of an offensive game rushing the puck, I'd like to see him play a more gritty gritty game, like a physical game, and, and, and pace himself a little bit better. And so now that you've started to add strength to your lineup, I think people are starting, you know, the Oilers have done a really good job of playing to the identities of each individual player and slotting him in the right places in the lineup. Al. Uh, all right, let's switch focus here. If you look at winning percentage in the National Hockey League, Colorado's number one. The next seven teams are all in the Eastern Conference. Florida, Carolina, Toronto, Rangers, Tampa Bay, Boston, Pittsburgh. They're in the playoffs. So is Washington. Now, as part of what happened here, is that like, because if you look at the bottom uh, six teams in the league defensively, five of those six teams are Eastern Conference teams. Is it a byproduct of how good those top-end teams are in the East, or conversely, is it an illustration of how poor uh, the bottom-end teams are? How would you, I mean, what do you see in terms of the separation, and can any one of the top eight teams in the Eastern Conference come out of that East? Well, I, I would definitely think, think so, but you look at Montreal, like they were decimated with injuries and personnel problems this year, but they've been a real tough team to play against lately. Uh, you look at the New Jersey Devils, they seem like they get injured more than any team in the league. Philadelphia has just been awful with the amount of injuries they've had. So it's not like they're easy games where you're going in there. I've seen New Jersey just annihilate and skate through teams. I've seen Montreal play a, a way better game under uh, St. Louis. So to, to me right now, if those teams aren't that bad, and you know Ottawa, they're capable of beating any team on any night if, if, if they start off well early. And they've got so much speed and youth and offensive skills. So I, I think the biggest thing, though, with, with the teams that are at the top of the standings, they have so many players that do understand their roles. When you look at Florida, you know, they, they've, got, they've got a lot of good-looking hockey players in their team, and they understand if you're on the fourth line what your role is, what you're, if you're on the second what your role is, you know, where your fifth and sixth defensemen aren't trying to rush the puck. They're playing their brand of hockey. And I just look around the league, and the success is when you have more of a roster than just depending on a few players to win it for you every night. And I think now that Edmonton has players, when you look at them, they have players understanding what their roles are. It's easier to coach and 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 to put the right personnel on at the right times and understand what you're getting. And when you have injuries, you have huge holes in your game, huge holes in the identity of your team. One final one for you, uh, regarding specific to Toronto. Some would say they've just had the wrong matchups. They, they played uh, the Capitals the one year, lost. Boston back-to-back years, and Nazem Kadri took them out of both series, and those were close series. One went seven, one went six. Can the Leafs, can they, can, can they win their division, do you think, come playoff time? Uh, well, the way they're playing right now, they look like they could, but I, I still... They, they rely, it looks like, so much on on offense. And to me, not enough. What You know, there's not enough jam in their own zone. And in the playoffs, you know, the team, every, all of a sudden, players are blocking shots, they're hitting more, they're taking bigger hits. The intensity ramps up. I don't know if they have the team uh, and the defensive side of it to, to be able to win. And they're going to have a tough matchup no matter what when they play at the start. And teams are just going to go into looking at, they're just going to go into looking at how do they shut them down. 
and, and that's shutting down Matthews and Marner and Nylander, and everyone will be in on that, and it'll be the all-out focus. So I, I do think it's going to be very tough for them to even win in the first round. Yeah, it looks like they're going to play one of Tampa Bay or Boston. I don't see them beating Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's got the better goaltending. I think they might, and Boston, by the way, has been the hottest team in the league since Jay Woodcroft became the Oilers' head coach. That's the other team that's tied with Edmonton, 18 wins, a little bit better winning percentage. Um, but Boston, to me, is a little bit more unproven in goal. And I just look, now that said, I mean, you're rolling out Patrice Bergeron. I don't know if I'm going to bet against that guy. Uh, and they've split they've split up Pasternak and Marchand and, and Bergeron and you know Dabrowski's moved up and they've they've got haulers so they can come at you with two lines, but the goaltending advantage for me Al with if they had, they're getting like I said they're getting one at Tampa Bay and Boston if I'm Toronto I want Boston because I don't and you know what I, I know they've dropped a couple to Boston but I don't know if they can beat Tampa just because of Vasilevsky you know what I'm saying. Absolutely, and you know that's one thing about Tampa. Their their players understand the roles; they can score goals. But then you have that guy when you get the point blank opportunities, and, and it's up to the goaltenders whether it's Swayman or Allmark. They're going to have to come up really big, and they've had really good seasons. And it's a, it's a lot of pressure to play for for Boston. But I look there, and in Toronto, I think the goaltending. There's going to be so many question marks. It's so tough to be. A, I think just a tough to be a player there because of the amount of scrutiny and social media, the local, you know, the, the local media, sure. they get hammered. You know, their 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 small mistakes are you know magnified way more than any team in the league. It feels like so it's a tough environment to play in. And you know, you have your goaltenders. You just look at that's the biggest question mark there every night is what are the goalies going to do? And I just think it's too much pressure on the goaltending that they have to be able to go too far. Al, great stuff. Thank you for joining us here in Oilers Now. Yeah, thanks, man. Talk to you soon. That's Alan May, longtime NHL player, uh, willed his way to the National Hockey League to etch out an NHL career and has worked for years in the Washington Capitals broadcast. Quick out-of-town score update for you. Um, NHL today for elite promotional marketing. There's three minutes left in the second period, and the Bakersfield Condors playing a hockey hockey game lead the San Jose Barracuda by a score of 2-0. It's... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 12.55 12.55 in Edmonton. We'll come back with the Oilers Now injury report for James H. Brown and bust off a couple texts as well. You're listening to Oilers Now. Mike Smith, 31 saves last night. Gets a save percentage on the year above 900. His record's now 10-9-2 with a 3.24 goals against average 901 save percentage. Wouldn't surprise me if Miko Koskinen got the starter. Tomorrow coming off an illness. They had kept him out against Anaheim. We'll go to the orders now. Injury report for James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. It's this simple. James H. Brown, they're the best. Leon Dreisettle missed last night's game with a lower body issue. My guess is he will play tomorrow against Los Angeles. So keep that in mind. Josh Archibald is back in Edmonton, of course, uh, due to Canadian... COVID travel rules. He's unable to fly with the Edmonton Oilers. Clefbaum and Turris out. Drew Doughty, the Oilers opponent tomorrow. 
highly unlikely to play. Uh, and they've got uh, a few other injuries. Uh, Sean Walker done for the year in the back end. Torres M and his ACL. They're, they're banged up on defense. Uh, but a big addition in terms of Philip Deneau. Big game between Edmonton and L.A. tomorrow. All right, 12.58 in Edmonton. We're going to go to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell and David Staples, who uh, he's got all the center left guys. They just love David. I don't know what it is every time we have him on the show, but he's uh, coming up next from the Cult of Hockey. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.